kicking yourself for not walking out when you could. Bad judgment. Bad. Don't you worry, son. It will all be over soon. Anthony, give me a boy's name that starts with the letter H. Jose. Bobby, it's me, your daddy, Roberto. Daddy. Occasionally, you may hear it pronounced as Joao. It depends. Look at me now. How far we go back? Elementary, jump rope, high and go see, pity pad, red light, green light, red light, green light. Hello? You play to win the game. That's right, Wednesday night, just past 9 p.m. You already know what it is. I am your host, Jose V, coming to you live from the cribble tonight. I'm not in the studio. Neither is my co-host, Ian. The only person in the studio tonight is Quan 59 doing what he does for us every single Wednesday night behind the big bowl. We greatly appreciate you guys joining us tonight. You're probably wondering why I'm not in the studio, why Ian is in the studio. Well, reason being, guys, we both caught COVID. Ian caught it a little bit after I did. I caught it right before. My wife got it as well. Our five-year-old son got it. We're all doing good, thank God. Sick a little bit still, going through it, still feeling some of the effects, some of the leftovers. But you know what? We're alive and breathing, and we're still here. So thank you to everyone that reached out. Not only that, today's my birthday. I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there, give myself a little birthday shout-out. Everyone that has been hitting me up, including our guests, which I'm going to get to here shortly. Thank you to each and every one of you that took the time out of your day, whether it was five seconds or five minutes to pick up the phone, send me a text, or even post something on social media. We greatly appreciate you guys. So as a, as a birthday favor, as a Christmas present, as whatever you want to call it, do me this favor as I ask you guys every single Wednesday night. Press that like button, press that share button, drop a comment and let everyone know what it is you are enjoying tonight. Big shout out to the electric company as you see behind my shoulder here. I do have the scarf. Big shout out to Neil shouting me out saying love the scarf in the background glad you know glad to know you're feeling better yes i'm feeling a lot better neil we greatly appreciate you guys and your support again if you guys want to give us a call as well tonight 702-608-3259 is the number to call but before we get into our guests and before i introduce my co-host we got to let you guys know who is bringing you guys straight bet sports live here on gorilla cross radio every single wednesday night and he is none other than joshua lafon with simply vegas real estate we are brought to you by Joshua Lafon with Simply Vegas Real Estate, a realtor here to help educate current and future Las Vegas locals on selling and investing in real estate. You're probably asking yourself, educate. Yes, there's a surprising amount of adults that when it comes to real estate, don't know the right questions to ask, don't know where to start, and think they need a lot of cash to buy a house in Nevada, which simply isn't true. So Josh has decided to make it his responsibility to teach his clients what they need to know, and equally important, what they need to ask to help ensure making their home ownership dreams a true reality. So make sure you call or text Joshua LaFon today at 702-813-0533. This has been another paid advertisement from Joshua LaFon with Simply Vegas Real Estate. Make sure you give him a call, 702-813-0533. That's right, Joshua LaFon with Simply Vegas Real Estate hooking us up as he does here every single Wednesday. Now we appreciate his sponsorship and his partnership with us here going on two years now here at Gorilla Cross Radio. We greatly appreciate everything you do for us and for the show. But without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce my co-host of the evening as he is every Wednesday night. He is none other than Bradford. 
Ian B, my guy, what's going on? How are you feeling? I know you're at home. How are you and the family doing? We're doing good. Um, still lingering effects. Um, my son, also three years old, got it. My wife got it. Um, so, well, we're we're doing the best as we can, but it, it's it's been it's been pretty rough. But now it's just the cough. So we're good. We'll, we'll be fine. So we did miss last week's show. Now all of us were sick. Juan was sick. I was sick. Ian was sick. So it was just better for us to take the week off. We we're going to try to do it from home. Didn't work out quite that way, but everything happens for a reason. We are all good. We are live here once again tonight. Don't be putting my business out sports. there, Jose. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't say I didn't say that, that anything happened to you. I said you weren't <laughs> feeling well. Okay, that's all it was. But again, you are tuning in live to Straight Bet Sports here on the Gorilla Cross Radio Network. We are live on all Gorilla Cross platforms. Just go ahead and look us up on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search Gorilla Cross, and we are live right there every single Wednesday night. And if not, you can catch all of our previous content. Just look up Straight Bet Sports on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Anchor, you name it. We are there. But let's go ahead and move on and move forward into our guest of tonight. He is our return guest. He's been on my show four or five times, give or take, if, if I'm not mistaken. He's a good friend of the show as well and a good friend of mine. With the Rams playing the Bucks, and the defending champions coming up here and the NFL playoffs getting into the thick of things now, we thought we'd bring him in tonight. He is joining us live from Los Angeles, California. He is none other than Nick Hamilton of Nightcast Media, my guy. Thank you so much for joining us. How you doing out there, Nick? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. And uh, happy birthday, man. Live it up. Hey, appreciate it, man. I, I've been living it up since last night. I was up till 3 in the morning watching the Australian Open, as crazy as that sounds. I was just watching some tennis. Hey, I'm at home on quarantine, bro. I got to watch something while I'm here and enjoy myself, right? Give myself some, some type of content. There you go. So, Nick, big, big, big playoff matchup coming up here this Sunday. Obviously, we have the Bucks and the Rams. Second time around this season that we're going to have this matchup here with everything going on obviously this was one of the best nfl seasons that a lot of people like to put it because of everything going on coming out of the whole you know the, the whole COVID situation we're back to normal we got fans in the stands it's more normal football now but going back to this matchup rams played this bucks team back in week three in la it was a 34 24 victory by the rams clean slate by matthew stafford which is something you want to see with him especially in the playoffs he had a great game tom brady as well throws the ball for 55 times in that game doesn't throw a pick but only one touchdown what do the rams have to do to duplicate that type of style and victory from week three coming into sunday's game well basically what you saw in week three i mean they, they dominated in all three phases special teams offense and defense and then they frustrated tom brady and they were able to knock him on his keister every chance they got opportunity if they didn't get a chance to sack him and so that's what you have to do you have to frustrate tom brady because tom brady being the veteran being the goat that he is he's going to give you various looks he's going to give you different looks and even when we spoke with von miller today von miller even echoed the same sentiments and said listen Every time you face Tom Brady, you're gonna do. So it's gonna be something different. You're not gonna get the same Tom Brady time in and time out. Uh, so you're gonna have to. You try to watch as much film as you can, but then you have to also be pretty much learning on the fly as you're in the game because Tom is gonna do some things that you weren't accustomed to him doing, no matter what age he was. And and you know, uh, Von Miller even reflected back to his days with the Broncos when they faced the New England Tom Brady uh, in the in the AFC Championship, and ultimately they beat. Tom Brady twice that year and which led them to the Super Bowl and ultimately winning the Super Bowl. And so I believe Von Miller feels like, hey, you know, this time around, we can definitely do the same thing and beat Tom Brady twice and then they have their chances to move on to the NFC championship. 
um, which they absolutely can. I mean, when you look at Tampa Bay, yes, you have Tom Brady, but they're depleted at, at receiver. They don't have Chris Godwin, who's out. Antonio Brown clowned his way out of town. And then you have Mike Evans, uh, but then you also have Gronk, but then that's pretty much it. We don't know the status of Leonard Fournette. We expect Leonard Fournette to go, but then how much will he be able to go and how healthy will he be moving forward uh, in that game as they as they play the Rams on Sunday at 12 noon Pacific? So I think there's a lot of factors involved. I think the Rams also, you have to look at the Rams. Their interior defense, they pretty much swarmed against Arizona and Kyler Murray. They forced Kyler Murray into pretty much being one-dimensional. They didn't allow him to run, uh, which was which was successful for them. But they also, one thing to me that stood out about the Arizona game that they're going to have to do in Tampa is set the tone early and often, uh, especially defensively. Um, they're going to have to do that. They're going to have to swarm. And then they, obviously they're, they're a little depleted in the secondary. We know how great Jalen Ramsey is. Obviously you have a veteran like Eric Weddle who could direct traffic. Uh, but Darius Williams and the rest of those guys are going to have to come together like Voltron and pretty much swarm every time they get a chance, whether it's trying to bring down Gronk, trying to, you know, pretty much bump and, 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 and you know, bash Mike Evans as far as trying to prevent him from catching, uh, you know, passes and things of that nature. Um, and then the, the the run defense is going to have to step up big time, especially when you got a guy like Leonard Fournette that could potentially be in the game. They're going to have to stop their run defense because that's been suspect pretty much majority of the season. Um, so, I mean, but you got a guy like Von Miller, you got AD, you got Leonard Floyd um, and those boys. And so those, those are some tough, some tough boulders to, to overcome uh, for 60 minutes, but they're going to have to play 60 minutes worth of football. And then on the offensive side, like you mentioned earlier about Matthew Stafford being clean, he had he had a clean game against the Arizona Cardinals. Only sacked once for a seven yard loss. Other than that, he wasn't he didn't throw any interceptions and throw any pick sixes. He pretty much you know he was a little bit more mobile than we were accustomed to him being. Uh, I believe he ran the ball six times for about twenty two yards, uh, which is something we hadn't really seen out of Matthew Stafford that much uh, this season. So that's something he's going to have to try to replicate as far as playing clean football and not play hero ball. You know, throw the ball away. If you don't see the receiver, you don't see the play, if the play is, is pretty much not there, throw the ball away. Um, don't try to force the ball into a receiver where he's getting double coverage and, and end up getting an interception or, or a pick six. Um, so he's going to have to be play some very smart football. Um, Matthew Stafford is a veteran. I think he got the monkey off his back last Monday by finally winning his first career playoff game. So now he has more focus on, okay, let's just try to get this team win so we can move on to the NFC Championship. Joined by Nick Hamilton, Nightcast Media here on Straight Bet Sports, Guerrilla Cross Radio. Nick, another thing, too, that you mentioned, obviously, rosters. You mentioned injuries. You mentioned different players on both offensive and defensive side of the ball. This matchup was week three. This is now the second week of the NFL playoffs, completely different. In that game, the Rams had a guy in Deshaun Jackson, which was their leading receiver in that game, which is no longer with the team. Now you have a guy in Odell Beckham, which we heard all the noise. He was the problem. No, Baker was the problem. Who was the problem? I don't see a problem in L.A. Ever since the guy's been in L.A., at least since I've been watching him since he's joined this team, he's been there to play. It hasn't been excuses. You haven't seen the tirades or the issues on the sidelines. It's just been him coming in passionate, ready to play ball. Are we going to see more of Odell Beckham moving into this game on the offensive side of the ball? I think absolutely you will. But to, to go to kind of digress a little bit, Odell Beckham was never the problem in Cleveland. It was Baker Mayfield and company. It was never Odell Beckham. Odell is a competitor. He's the ultimate competitor. He has a Mamba-like mentality where he just wants to go out there, put it all on the line, and win games. Um, and when he feels like people are not giving their all, um, that's when the problems lie. 
And so when you have a, a different type of culture with the Los Angeles Rams that was developed with Sean McVay from 2017 to the current, guys fall into that place. And so when you have a guy like Cooper Cup with Mr. Triple Crown, you know, Van Jefferson, who's continuing to emerge, you have, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., you have Tyler Higby, you have weapons, you have Sony Michelle, you have, you know, uh, Daryl Henderson, excuse me, uh, Cam Akers, I'm sorry, uh, who came back into the fold. You know, there's a culture in that locker room um, that, you know, you're going to have to fall in line. And, and Odell Beckham wanted to be here. You know, guys wanted Odell Beckham here. I mean, when they spoke with Jalen Ramsey and Von Miller on the phone, he spoke with the receiver room. Even Robert Woods, who unfortunately got injured the same week that OBJ came to, to L.A., Robert Woods was with the first one to pretty much open arms, him and Cooper Cup, who are the elder statesmen in that receiver core. Um, so guys wanted Odell Beckham, and that's all Odell wanted, just to be, just to feel wanted, to feel loved, and feel like, hey, man, we do, we know how, how productive you can be. And we saw that on Monday night against Arizona, uh, with him scoring the first touchdown for the team. And I think you're going to see more of that. And I think also, it, <coughs> excuse me, it opens up the offense when you're able to spread the ball around as much as you can. Uh, and that, and credit to that O line with, you know, Joe Noteboom and, and Andrew Whitworth and those guys keeping. You know, uh, <coughs> excuse me, keeping uh, Matthew Stafford, you know, upright for the most part, to be able to get the ball off in time and to be able to create those holes for Sony Michelle and Cam Akers. What you got? Hey, I, I, I know Nick. you got something for him, Ian. All right. So, Nick, I have a question with so Bucks, just like Tom Brady, Matt Stafford has played substantially better at home, right? He did in week three, he has throughout the season. Right, uh, Tampa Bay is now seven and one at home. Tom Brady is very comfortable. What do you think the Rams need to do to necessarily make him uncomfortable in his home stadium? Because that people say it doesn't really matter, but it's shown that Matt Stafford is entirely, completely quarterback on the road versus at home. Well, I think to answer your first part of your question, I mean the the, the big pirate ship is not easy. Uh, to, to play it's not an easy place to play in so as i said earlier you know if defensively you're gonna have to you know knock him on his keister you're gonna have to frustrate him you're gonna have to take things try to take things away from him and even if you can get a sack a couple of sacks off of him because uh anytime a quarterback is sacked it does something to him i don't care how great they are how sorry they are it does something to them psychologically after so many times um so they're gonna have to really buckle down and really play as a unit they're gonna you know and special teams as well. Special teams are going to have to step up. You know, you, you can't. And then on the offensive side, you got to complete your third downs. You got to complete, keep the drives alive. You got to go. You got to go hard on third downs. You got to complete third downs. You can't be doing three and outs. Um, you know, you you have to start. You have to start off well. Um, I know they start. I know the Rams on Monday night stalled out on their first drive, but they were able to come back and regroup and really, you know, get the set the tone and really start pushing the chains, moving the chains down the, the field. And that's exactly what they're going to have to do in a hostile environment like Tampa. Um, they're going to have to, you know, pretty much fade out the outside noise and focus and play their their game and focus on what they need to do to get the win. And I do believe that the Rams can beat the Bucs. Uh, they've done it once with a, with, a, with a tougher crowd. Mind you, in week three, they had Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, who were actually on yeah. fire. Um, so they had, a to me, they had a little tougher time, um, you know, at SoFi. Um, with those two guys. And then on defense, you know, you still got Shaq Bear, you got JPP. Um, there's a lot of different defenders that can move around. 
Uh, Ty Bowles is known for, for, you know, developing schemes for specific quarterbacks and specific offenses. That's the genius that he is. And so um, that's going to be a tall task as well as being able to, uh, you know, complete the drives, get around the defense. Um, I'm not comfortable with, with, with Tampa secondary. So I do believe the wide receivers like OBJ, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby, the tight end, um, those guys can really, you know, make a difference and make some strong noise. Would so you maybe, say that your cons- major concerns here are more of the Rams' offense rather than their defense against uh, Tampa Bay's offense? No. My main concerns are, like I said earlier, my main concerns are basically in the secondary. I think when you lost when you lost Jordan Fuller for the year, obviously in the interior defense, you lost Ernest Jones, who was a big part of that interior defense. Um, but like I said, um, you still have Darius Williams. You still have Eric Weddle out there, who's a veteran who could who could direct yeah. traffic, um, and you still have the, the the great one known as Jalen Ramsey out there, and he's going to have to be able to roll from side to side like he's been doing majority of the year. Um, I always said the biggest mistake I believe the Rams did in the offseason was not either re-sign Troy Hill or John Johnson the third. I think if you were able to retain one of those guys, in addition to having Jordan Fuller, if you're going to give him the green dot then that way you have a, still have a veteran presence back there that can continue to help him develop and really help him be the, one of the, the, the best safeties that he can be. Uh, and, and, and in the event that he goes down, imagine if you had John Johnson III back there with Jalen Ramsey and now you bring in a, a veteran like Eric Weddle, that's, a scary, that's still a scary secondary along with Darius Williams and the rest of those boys back there. Um, so I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a community effort uh, in the secondary to really, like I said, buckle down and kind of frustrate guys like Mike Evans and and try to bring down a a, a, a tall oak tree like like Gronk. Um, so those are that's the only thing that really concerns me uh, with this with this Rams team. So Nick, I, I, obviously you you cover the team. You're out there. You know you go to practices. You're on the field. You're in the stadium. You see what's going on. You've seen Eric Weddle. You've seen what he's done in his career. We know he's not the same Eric Weddle physically and playmaker guy that he was before, right? But isn't bringing someone him in, someone like him in this late into the season with the actual pedigree and experience and leadership that he has, it's got to be huge, right? It's not being talked about as much as it should be. Well, I think it was a very smart move. I think it was a wise move by Sean McVay and the coaching staff as well as Les Snead. Um and that in in upper management, I thought it was a very wise move. I know Jalen Ramsey was ecstatic when he mentioned he was trying to let, try not to let the cat out the bag on Twitter, uh, but you know he tried to contain his excitement long enough. But uh, you know Jalen Ramsey and Eric Weddle have had a really good relationship from the first time that Eric Weddle was with the Rams, um, and so I think even though the body may not be willing, but the mind is still sharp, and you can't you, you know if your mind is still sharp and you can see certain things, you'll be able to do certain things or at least call out certain things in communication, something that Eric Weddle spoke about on Monday in the postgame, you know, just having that communication, having that familiarity and being able to speak that same language in the secondary and everybody being on one accord. Um, I think that was key. And so when you have a guy like that, that's a veteran, pretty much coaching on the field, uh, who happens to be in uniform, I think is definitely essential. So, Nick, before we let you go, I got two more things for you. One, I, I need to know, because this was technically the actual real first playoff atmosphere and experience that SoFi has encountered and had, right? Tell us how that experience and how that 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 whole scenario and just the atmosphere was, and then your final thoughts on the game. How do you see it ending? Don't be biased because you're there covering the team and say the Rams. But if it is the Rams, tell us why and what do you think the final score will be? 
Well, let me say this, man. First of all, you know, the the atmosphere was incredible. It was one of the loudest times I've heard at SoFi. I've heard a few other times at SoFi during the season, but this happened to be the loudest time, uh, especially coming off, you know, the, with the, the week prior with the San Francisco 49er fans being deep in these football streets at SoFi. Uh, so I think the Rams fans really showed up and showed out, and I believe that the, the team really fed off that energy and the liveliness of the crowd. Um, and I think that's going to continue even from afar. Uh, as I as I mentioned, I did a, a, a piece on my Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. You can go check it out. But I pretty much talked about the fan base in LA, and I reminded people that listen, there's been a 21 year gap with no football in Los Angeles. Uh, there's a whole generation that didn't understand what Rams or Raiders football was really about in Los Angeles prior to 1990. You know, after the post, excuse me, post 1995, uh, when they decided to move and, and switch cities, and so. The Rams really, and I commend the Rams, not only on, on the field, but the community affairs division with Molly Higgins and, and uh, you know, the, everybody in, in the Rams organization that really had their thumb on the pulse of Los Angeles and really trying to build that culture and continue to build that culture um, in Los Angeles in various communities, whether it's the black community, Latino community, LGBTQ community, uh, the Asian community or whoever, um, I feel, and in, in various youth programs as well. Uh, they've really been a, a focal presence of just uniting people and bringing people together. Because we all know in Los Angeles, when, when teams win and win championships, that unites so many people from different walks of life that were probably never, ever talk. But the one common denominator is that particular team that's won that championship or is winning and getting closer to uh, competing for a championship. And so I think it's, it's you know, they're going to continue to build the culture. It's going to take time to build that culture. It's only been five years, really, since the Rams have returned to Los Angeles. Um, this is the first year, really, that so far has been open to fans. So it's going to take time. It may take another five, six, seven years to really build that culture. And like I said on my on, on my rant, you know, if you can get to a point where 49er fans are 50 percent and Rams fans are 50 percent at so far, you're winning, period. Um so I think that's the, the ultimate the, the ultimate goal, I believe, uh, and continue to, to build relationship and really tap into the culture of L.A. Uh, as far as the game goes, I think it's going to be played pretty well. I think it, it could be an early defensive battle, uh, but I do have the Rams winning by a touchdown. I think they, they're capable of, of getting the job done. They've done it once before. Um, I know there's some new pieces, like I said, Von Miller, OBJ, who weren't there early on, uh, but I think the, 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 the main characters ad uh leonard floyd you know Jalen ramsey matthew stafford obviously on offense you know cooper cup van jefferson those guys know what it takes uh to to get the job done and i think they will um and i'm not I, you know i'm never listen i ain't biased man i would love to see the rams win because it gives me another week worth of work yeah. uh but you know listen i'm just gonna call a spade a spade and i think the rams are a better team i think they caught the tampa bay bucks at the right time when they're kind of depleted um, and fortunately, they avoided that 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 uh, that Lambeau uh, field trip, uh, unlike the 49ers. And ironically, if the Rams do win, and let's say the 49ers do go in there with a healthy Nick Bosa on defense, and they're able to to put out old man Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, then we might get the 49ers Rams part three at SoFi Stadium for the NFC Championship. Now, you know the television networks are going to lick their chops at that. Um uh, you know, and I think it would be an epic battle. And could could the Rams finally, you know, finally overcome, you know, the the the, the six game losing streak that they've been suffering 
since no. 2018. I'm glad that you brought that up, Nick, because I, I wanted to talk about you with that, but I was like, well, are you let him go? But I'm glad you brought it up because I know Quan's in the studio listening too, and he, he obviously big Niner fan. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, that would be an interesting matchup to see. If you're a conspiracy theorist like myself, and you talk, you know, I always talk about what the league needs, what the league wants, right? And of course, when it comes to ratings, when it comes to money, when it comes to everything, Niners Rams would sell in the NFC Championship game, bar none. Obviously, I still think Packers being in the Championship game against the Rams would sell as well, or even the Bucks. But when you have a divisional NFC Championship game like that within the same division, it's just. It's it's crazy, man. It's just money making possibilities. It's like crazy. So I, I see what you're saying there as well. I mean, hey, Nick, I got I got mm-hmm. one more thing for you. Yeah. So uh, going up into this uh, last game uh, in Arizona or in LA, the whole narrative, right, was that Matt Stafford hadn't won anything yet. He hadn't won any playoff games, right? Well, he's overcome that hurdle. However, he still has yet to win a road playoff game. And as we know, we talked about it. It's a different atmosphere, especially in the playoff five. And not only in a playoff five, they're going to a stadium that just won the Super Bowl, right? They're defending champions. So they're going to have a huge turnout. Do you think that's another hurdle he has to cross? Or do you think now that he has that playoff win under his belt, he can kind of calm down, relax, and not try so much hero ball and just let things come to him naturally? Well, I think we put, as the media put more emphasis on that than he does. I mean, even when when we spoke with him post-game after the Arizona win, he was like, look, I was just trying to get the win. I want to keep going. I don't want to go home, basically. And so he was like, I think that's more for you guys than it it is for me to be talking about um, as far as, you know, first playoff win, no playoff win, road win, home win. I think it's more for us just in the media to be able to keep the the clicks going and keep the eyeballs (laughs) rolling. Um, I don't think he really. I don't. I don't. I don't think Matthew Stafford gives a damn about that. I think Matthew Stafford really cares about trying to win a Super Bowl. That's one of the reasons why he came to Los Angeles. That's why the Rams went after him and got him in a trade for Jared Goff, their former number one pick. Um, I think when you look at with Matthew Stafford, as far as having the arm strength, having the experience, being the veteran quarterback that he is, even though he was on a sorry ass team uh, in Detroit. <laughs> And, and it's and it's a, it's a, such an abomination, you know, because he had a, one of the arguably one of the greatest wide receivers in in, in the business in, yeah. in Megatron, known as Calvin Johnson, uh, Mr. Hall of Famer. Uh, let, me, let me put some respect on his name. But I mean, outside of that, he didn't have the receivers that he has right now with the Los Angeles Rams. He didn't have the running backs that he has with the Rams. He didn't have the type of coach that he has in Sean McVay. Um, or that O-line for that matter, or even a defense that he can pretty much rely upon and have that type of culture in that locker room on all three phases of the ball. So I think this is a new new world for Matthew Stafford, but I think also, too, he knows the importance of just getting the win. I don't care if we win by one point or ten points. As long as we get the W and we we get to play another Sunday or another Saturday, that's all that counts, and I think that's what he's focused on. So he doesn't give – I don't think he gives a damn about the crowd – uh, he, he's probably expecting that he's been in enough of those type of situations. He's been to the playoffs before. He hasn't won it up yeah. until, you know, m- last Monday night, but he's been in those atmospheres before. So he knows kind of what to expect. Um, and so, like I said, I'm just pulling for the Rams and I'm also pulling for the 49ers to win. Cause I want to see Rams 49ers at SoFi. I want to be back at SoFi before the Super Bowl. Damn it. Can you, can you do that? <laughs> can you do that? That's all I ask. Rams. Are you listening? Niners. Are you listening? That's all. Come on, Debo. Come on, D. Hey, you see the way they came out with man. I'm telling you, they 
That, them Rams are scary. That boy's nasty. You got to give him respect. But, Nick, let everybody know where they can find you, my man, on all things social media, the website, and everything else that you got going on, brother. Hey, man, thank you guys for once once again for having me. I really appreciate it. You can find me at nightcastmedia.com, your gateway to sports, pop culture, entertainment, tech, and community all rolled into one. You can also catch me every Tuesday, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern, Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145, TMA with Nick Hamilton, and also every Tuesday with myself and my co-host Jackie Ray on the opposite reaction on the Good News Radio Network. You can listen to us live on the app and then on all streaming platforms as well. Uh, shout out to Downtown Rams, who one of the best Ram shows out there, bar none. Ain't nobody touching them. Ain't nobody stopping them. We've been fortunate to partner up with them, uh, and they're doing a great job. Um, and then also the Outlet Forum, one of the best basketball podcasts in the land as well, every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on all streaming platforms. So, hello. There we go, Nick Hamilton. So, real quick, last thing I'm going to tell you, and then I'll let you go. I don't know if you're on TikTok that much or if you mess with TikTok. But you posted a video of Mookie Betts at SoFi. That video went viral on TikTok. I've seen it on five different accounts. And every person that has posted it has put via Nick Hamilton. So just letting you know, my man, your video is going viral out there, brother. Well, I appreciate everybody on TikTok because I didn't get a chance to even post it on TikTok. (laughs) I just put it on Twitter. There and I was go. like, hey, man, you know, let's see what happens. I just hurry up and, you know, you, you know, time is everything, man. So you just got to hurry up and put it up and hope it does well. And, and if it does, great. If it doesn't, hey, you just, you just out here reporting what you see. So I appreciate everybody on TikTok. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And, uh, again, thank you guys and thank you to Quan uh, for having me on you guys' broadcast and network. I greatly appreciate it, man. You guys keep up the great work. Hey, he is Nick Hamilton, Nightcast Media. Hopefully we get to have you on the show again next week. If we get another Rams win, how about that? We'll do that. Hey, let's do it. There it is, my guy. Appreciate you. Have a great night and stay safe and healthy out there, brother. You too, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. Nick Hamilton joining us, man. That was good stuff right there. I always like bringing people on that at least are covering the team and doing stuff like that because they have great insight. They give us more than just a fan perspective. They give you stuff that's actually real, legit, that's on a day-to-day basis behind the scenes. So I love that. Nick Hamilton, Nightcast Media. If you haven't checked them out yet, go ahead and do so. So, Ian, you and I got some things to talk about, my guy. Let's Obviously, go. I want to get into the main topic that's out there before yeah. we get into everything else, right? Yeah. Before we get into the rest of the, the playoff games that are out there. My good friend, Mike Mayock, uh, is out of a job now. Your buddy. You guys, my, my good friend, Mike Mayock, <laughs> is out of a job now, as you guys may know. He was finally let go by the Las Vegas Raiders, a, a move that did not come as a surprise to many people, in my opinion, especially after John Gruden was let go. I said it years ago when he was hired, when I first started doing radio, when I had my show on KSHP. I mentioned it and I said, Mike Mayock will not last here. He should not be here. He will not be here. John Gruden is the puppeteer, which basically handled the strings, did all this, all everything that handled and was done was done through John Gruden, right, in my opinion. And I always thought that if it did not work out, where they weren't winning or they weren't that type of team that a lot of people expected them or the or, or the organization and ownership expected them to be when they brought in Mike Mayock. It was an easy wash of the hands, right? John Gruden yeah. could say, hey, this guy's never been a general manager. He's never been in the front office to begin with. He's only a media guy. He's only been on TV. Eh, it's okay. You know, we'll be fine. We'll find a new guy. But then turn fast forward. The sh- Excuse my language. The, the circus that was... This season, with everything that happened on and off the field, obviously, John Gruden getting fired completely changed everything. The fact that John Gruden got fired, 
I don't care. The, Ram, the, the Raiders could have made it to the AFC Championship game. I still believe that Mike Mayock was out the door as soon as John Gruden got fired. And, and hear me out here, Ian, before you say anything. The reason I say that, I strongly believe no emails come out, right? Let's say John Gruden's not an idiot. He never said right. those things. It never happened. The emails don't come out. Yeah. Henry Ruggs doesn't decide to do what he did and get behind the wheel. And all this other stuff doesn't happen in general, right? Yeah, it's clean slate. Let's say they don't make the playoffs this year. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you John Gruden and Mike Mayock are still back. But the fact yeah. that it was such a circus, such a show on and off the field this season, and then John Gruden has gone the way he's gone. Yeah. I, th I think the day John Gruden got fired was the day Mike Mayock got fired, if that makes sense. I, I don't know how you feel about the situation or what you think about it. I, I tend to agree. I think that overall they're going to end up clearing house uh the ones that they want out are going to be out some of the senses are probably going to be out i think uh basatia is going to maybe have a chance i know he had his press conference today i didn't get a chance to watch it but uh he did have a chance to at least make plead his case to be the next head coach for the raiders i i think there's a there might be a shot that he gets at least a, like a one-year temporary like hey prove it to us that you deserve this and if that happens great if not then they're going to probably pursue one of these other more enticing prospects like uh you know you have brian flores out there you have uh fangio out there you, you have like seven head coaches that are now on the market so it, it's it's going to be one of those decisions mike davis has to really think because you you saw that the players, especially the players, really responded well to Basaccia. But it's up to Davis whether or not he wants someone with a little bit more head coach experience that can actually propel them not just to a playoff game, but further, because that's probably where his aspirations are. Right? Check it. So I think he'll clear house, but I think there will be a limit on what he's clearing, if that makes sense. Okay, hold that thought because we're going to continue to talk about that. But Quan wants to chime in on this as well. What do you want to say, Quan? Yeah, with, with the whole Mike Mayock situation, I, I don't think he was fired when Gruden was fired. I think he was fired when uh, Damon Arnett and Ruggs happened back-to-back. -back. And uh, I talked about it on the show yesterday. I'm not sure if you, you were tuned in at the time we were talking about it. but um, And then Leatherwood. Leatherwood has been a horrible draft pick. That was a bad yeah, pick uh -huh. to begin with. So if he's the one doing these drafts and your two 2020 first round picks have got kicked off the team and your 2021 first round pick is a total bust to where he's not even playing the position he got drafted to play, that's why he got fired. And I'm not saying he wouldn't, you know, the, the Gruden thing didn't have anything to do with it, but they did come in together. So I think that had a piece to do with it, but I don't think he would have got fired if all these draft picks didn't come out to just be garbage. He, he drafted horrible. And obviously, Ruggs was a good player, um, but there was character issues. Uh, Damon Arnett, definitely there was character issues coming in, and they drafted him too high, and, and he looked like he was going to be a bust anyways. So I think it was easy for them to let him go after he was, you know, toting guns on Instagram. So let me ask you a question, because you did a show, or you worked on a show where you guys had Damon Arnett in the studio. When you saw him as an individual, his body language, the way he was, did you already see that there could be an issue with him, Quan? 
No, I mean, I I, I was here for like five minutes when he was here. I didn't even know who he was at first. You know, he just okay. looked like one of the rappers I have in the studio. So <laughs> I, I never look at somebody's body language or, you know, he, he was actually really respectful to me. When I talked to him, he had one of his homeboys in here and, they, you know, they were both cool. Uh, so it wasn't anything like that. But, um, you know, I deal with so many rappers anyways that, you know, I, I don't even, I don't know. You know, I, I don't really judge that stuff. But, um, you know, coming in, uh, for, he went to Ohio State, right? Um, yeah. Coming in from Ohio State, there, there was a lot being said about his character. And they said they did their due diligence to... Uh, you know, talk about that. And the Raiders said, well, yeah, with all those issues, we'll still, uh, you know, take him and, and get him in the first round, which two things. He he probably could have got got in the second round, maybe even the third. And same thing. Leatherwood was projected as a third round pick, I believe. And they picked him early in the first, you know, so drafting like that, when, when you draft projections in the first round that are projecting to be in the second or third, uh, that's never a good look for you as a GM. Quan giving us his thoughts on what he feels, what he thinks, what he sees. Good. Everybody chime in. I love it. I love it. We're, we're so all happy he's gone. Of course. I, yeah. I agree. And, and that's one thing that you did say on the show that a lot of pretty much everyone agreed upon yesterday on the show that you said that. You know, it, 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 everyone's happy that he's finally gone. You know, it's, it was going to happen. He said I never got the job to begin with. But another thing that I will say, Ian, you and I talked about this before the show when we had our conversations as well. I don't wish Mike Mayock anything bad. Yeah. Let's get this 100% right. Mike Mayock isn't my good buddy like, you know, Urban Meyer. You know, he's not that good of a friend with me. You know what I mean? Um, I don't I don't like him that much. But the thing about Mike Mayock is he was good on TV. I'll give him that. His mock drafts were horrible, but it was it was good television. They gave you something to watch, something to argue, something yeah. to yell at when it came to the television and disagree with. So I, I, I hope that he gets a job back on TV, but I also hope that he still gets the opportunity to work with a front office. I'm not saying to be a GM. I'm not saying he should be a general manager anytime soon, but give him some type of role where he can learn and gradually get to possibly having that opportunity to get a general manager role again. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't think he's out of the job. Like there's people on Twitter that are suggesting that he shouldn't be in sports media at all. He shouldn't be in anyone's front office at all. And I don't think that's the case. I think he did a good enough job per se in terms of all the GMs in the league that he should be given a job somewhere in the front office, like you said, to learn uh, and maybe eventually be a GM again, because he he obviously does know some things like he does make some good picks. For instance, you could say Leatherwood was a bad pick, but Morig wasn't. So it it's give and take. I never picking draft like in the picking in the draft just from college tape is a hard thing to do. How many people draft bus? It happens all over the league. So it's not. It's not as easy as media and, and Twitter people try to make it out. It, it's a very hard thing to do to properly scout these players. So I don't think he should be just done when he's done some good things as a GM. It's not what the fan base wants, and it's obviously not what the front office wants. But to say that he's just done and shouldn't get another job, I, I think that's a little asinine. I don't think that he should be just fired completely out of out of football for 
forever. Big shout out to Mo from Girl Chat Sports and Cassandra Cousino, the sportsnista, chiming in. She says, this was from the earlier conversation we had with Nick. Cassandra says, damn near two generations went without football in L.A. That's true. Mo from Girl Chat Sports says, shout out to Straight Bet Sports and Nick, L.A. boy in the building. And then she says as well about my Mayock. He passed on CeeDee Lamb. That was a red flag right there, which I agree 100%. When you pass on someone like CeeDee Lamb and you don't give Derek Carr a receiver of that potential, it's kind of tough there. Now. A lot of people passed on CeeDee Lamb. I mean, he was before we continue. Pit. Before we continue on the, on the Raider chatter and this football chatter, we got to mention one of the biggest Raider fans that I know and, and the second sponsor of our show as well. Obviously, you already know who that is. He is none other than Eric Navarro, my personal barber, and the show's personal barber of Line em Up by Eric. Hit him up right there. As you see, Eric Navarro, 702-884-8138 or on IG at Line em Up by Eric. Just so you know, though, he does use Booksy now. So if anybody knows what that is, download the app on your app store set up your appointment you can come in get your hair cut come out you straight looking good ready to go once again big ups to eric navarro from line em up by eric 702-884-31-8138 or line em up by eric on ig greatly appreciate you my guy but we got about 18 more minutes here give or take tonight on straight bet sports we appreciate each and every one of you chopping it up chiming in with us on social media and just watching the show sharing liking doing all that we appreciate you guys today's my birthday i wasn't even expecting to do a show tonight me and the wife were supposed to go to the top of the world at the stratosphere to the restaurant have dinner and all that obviously thanks to covid that has been canceled so i've been at home all day for the last couple days and i've also been at home all day just chilling I'm watching the Lakers right now. I'm not too happy. I know Quan feels the exact same way. He's back at the studio. 101-94 right now. The Lakers are down to Indiana. They were up by five, and I took them minus five and a half in game. And now they're down by seven. This is crazy. 3.52 to go. We'll see if the Lakers could pull it off. Now, before we get off of the Raiders. Is Westbrook just shooting bricks right now? I don't even want to talk about that. But Taylor Thornton Hunter is having a great game so far, so we'll leave it at that. Um, But... With the Raiders, before we get off the topic. Taylor Horton Tucker. Whatever. T-T-H-T, whatever they call the guy. But before we get off the topic with the Raiders, obviously, I don't want to harp on this too long because we still got to get into the rest of the games that are being left here. You mentioned some of the names that could be moved as as positions yep. and this and that. I don't think Rich comes back, even though I would love to see him come back. I don't think it's the right move. I don't think they'll yeah, make that. I don't think he I, will. I, I, I want to see a guy like Brian Flores comes in. I hope that they give him a phone call. I can see Brian Flores being a good fit for this Raider organization. Call me crazy. That's just one there. But here's the thing. If you're going to clean house, if you're going to clean the general manager, and you're going to bring in a new head coach, how do you know the new head coach wants to deal with Derek Carr? How do you know the new head yeah. coach wants Derek Carr as his guy? So then that's another guy that makes you wonder, is he out the door? And then if so, starts the conversation all over again. And I know Mo's probably going to chime in because she said it before. Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders. I keep saying I still think Aaron Rodgers is going to dip and he's going to go to the Niners next year. I'm sticking to that. That has not changed. That has been my stance. But if we have those type of moves or those type of scenarios, before that move is even made, Think about this, okay, Ian? Because I'm going to throw yeah. this wrench in there because you and okay. I talked about this earlier. I know it, it's a it's a long shot. Call me crazy. Call me stupid. Say I don't know football. Call, say, call it how you want to. Devontae Adams is going to play for the Raiders, right? If, I'm, I'm sorry. If Devontae Adams is going to play for the Raiders with Derek Carr, doesn't that kind of sound like the Bengals drafting Jamar Chase to go play with Joe Burrow? Everyone said it's crazy. 
don't do it. It won't work. Build around him. It's a bad idea, right? But yet, here we are. It's working. Look at what Jamar Chase is doing with the guy that he played with in college. Granted, Carr and Devontae Adams are eight, nine years separated from playing in college. I totally understand that. Yeah. But if he doesn't follow Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay, right? Yeah. Why is this a crazy idea? Why can't it happen? Why can't he and why wouldn't he come to Las Vegas? Why wouldn't I, he get that paycheck and come play yeah. with Aaron I don't I don't think it's that it won't happen for per per se. My my thing is this, and, and we talked a little bit about it. You have to rearrange a lot of cap space, right? They still have Henry Ruggs. I think that's dead cap money. I'm not entirely sure how it works with stuff like that. Um, you have Armet that they're still technically, I think, paying as well. Uh, or at least have dead cap money. So they have, they do have uh, cap space issues, right? If I'm, if I'm the G- new GM for the Raiders and your new head coach wants Derek Carr, right? That, that's a big question. But if he wants Derek Carr, I don't see because there's four or five really good wide receiver, right? Wide receivers. On, in the free agents market right now, right? You got Air, you got uh, Devontae Adams, you have Allen Robinson, you have Mike Williams, uh, he, you have Cedric Wilson from uh, Cowboys. He's going to be a free agent this uh, summer. So you have a lot of options, right? And in those options, you have my favorite, which is Allen Robinson, right? He had a disappointing year. He hasn't really had a quarterback, so he's going to be looking for someone that actually is a good quarterback, right? And you could probably get him for cheap. You could probably get him on a one- or two-year deal, right? And you can maybe even get another one of these guys like Mike Williams or Cedric Wilson as a number two instead of just Devontae Adams. So you can possibly get two really good weapons for Derek Carr next season and that could be a big difference especially when you're in a division where you're having a deal with justin herbert you're having a deal with uh patrick mahomes like you have a real and even the broncos if they get a quarterback you have jerry judy and uh chris sutton so you have high power offenses potentially three high power offenses that you're going to have to compete with one receiver in my mind just doesn't change that but if you can get two veteran guys that are both quality possibly number one guys at a discount price i just don't see why you wouldn't do that we'll see man it's a lot to go on a lot of stuff going on raider nation if you guys are watching you guys are listening We'll see what happens for this team next year. Again, I'm not a fan of the team, but I do support the team just because they are out here. It's a Vegas team. I'm a local here. I love the fact that we're becoming a sports and entertainment city all the way around. So, of course, I'm going to support the teams that are here, even if they're not my team. I'm still a Jets fan. till the end of the day, do or die. As much as Quan makes fun of me and says I don't even know football anymore because I'm still a Jets fan and how can I even comment on things, I'll still take it. I'm, I'm a true fan, thick and thin. If we win one day, once again, we will. If not, hey, Super Bowl three has been the only Super Bowl that we've won so far. <laughs> but moving on for the rest of the show, let's go ahead and get into the final games of the weekend. We were just talking about Joe Burrow. We were just talking about Jamar Chase. You and I had the conversation earlier as well, man. It's so fun to watch this team on the offensive side of the ball, Ian, because not only do they have Jamar Chase, right? 
you have a guy like Higgins. You have a guy like Boyd. You have a guy like Joe Mixon that when he's healthy is one of the top-tier running backs in the league, in my opinion. Top three. Right, and can right now, top three. Easy. Easy, easy. Now, they're going into this matchup with the Tennessee Titans, right? I don't believe the Tennessee Titans are the number one overall seed in the AFC, if we're being honest. They kind of backed yeah. into it, in my opinion. Yeah. I think the Bengals are the better team going into this game overall. I understand that Derrick Henry's coming back. That doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't even worry me one bit. The way that Cincinnati is playing right now, the way that Joe Burrow can literally just chuck that ball up in the vicinity yeah. of where Jamar Chase is and the kid will make a play is just unbelievable to me. I'll call it quick here. I'll say it. Give me the Bengals plus the three and a half. Allen, I'll even sprinkle and take the money line. They're not my pick of the week. Just talking about the game. That's who I like. What are your thoughts on the game? So have they talked anything about Derrick Henry's health? Like, is he 100%? Is he practicing like he's 100%? I don't know if he's 100%, but he's back. They said he's definitely okay. starting and he's going to play. So, so this is my major concern with that game. The Bengals are awesome. However, their run defense has struggled a lot this season against any team that has a prolific rush uh, offense. And when Derrick Henry is on that field, there's really not too many people can, that can stop him. Now, he, you might stop him for the first five, ten carries. But as soon as he breaks that one down, the whole team gets gassed. And you see it because after that one carry that he goes off for 20, 25 yards, he just starts doing that over and over and over again. Now... They have some really good uh, secondary players. Uh, in Beard, he's an all-pro. You have uh, their, their corner. I forget him, forgetting his name. However, I do think that the Bengals' aerial attack, if they can rush it with Joe Mixon sprinkled in, with like their problem sometimes is that they're not on the field long enough, right? They're too explosive. They, they, they go in, they, he just lobs it up, Jamar Chase scores. Now, that can be good if you need explosive play, plays. But if you have a guy like Derrick Henry on the other side, I think for this game, you have to give Mixon the carries to prolong the, the possessions and go for dink and dunks on this, not just over-the-top Jamar Chase bombs. Like, And if they can do that, I, I, I love the Bengals here. But right. I, I, I give me the Titans. Wait, what? Give me, give me the okay. Titans because I don't think Zach Taylor's ego and the way that Joe Burrow likes to play, I don't think that they're going to do that. I think they're going to be scoring too quickly and uh, when they're on the field, but they're not going to be on the field because Titans are just going to be running it and running it and running it. So I actually like the Titans. They have a little bit more. Uh, experience here with Tannenhill and uh, Henry, and that whole team has been here before. So, uh, give me, give me the times here. All right, we got to put you on a time clock because every time I tell you, quick, give me an answer, you freaking run off and give me the whole Bible list there. So, look, we already, we already went through the Packers Niners earlier with Nick because yeah. Nick did mention that he likes the Niners in that game. Yeah. He hopes that the Niners win. Um, I, the, the only reason I'm going to say this, and I'm, I know Quan, I, I give Quan a lot of stuff on social media, but it's all funny games. The only reason I'm saying I like the Packers in this game is because they're my pick to win the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm going to stick with them. I think that the fact that they're at home, I think Aaron Rodgers finally gets the monkey off his back. I know the Niners 
have basically owned him. And let's be real, it's the true fact. The Niners have owned him. He cannot beat this team when it matters. I, I, I see that. I totally get that. I just think this could be the turn of the tide here. I don't trust Jimmy G on the road in Green Bay because he's not 100% healthy. Not because of what people say that, oh, yeah. he's going to throw a pick or he's not an elite quarterback. Yeah. Throw all of that garbage talk out of the window. Yeah. I don't trust him in this situation this time around because of his health. That's it. I trust the defense. I trust everyone else on that team. I just think it's Green Bay's time. I still stick to what I said before the season started. I think the Green Bay Packers are going to win the Super Bowl, and I think Aaron Rodgers dips. Now, this line is big. It's a six-point line. I don't see Green Bay covering this, though. I yeah. see either a backdoor last-minute cover by the Niners or a very, very close ending here, but give me the Packers. Hurry. We ran out of time. What okay. Real quick. So, real que uh, quick question. Bakhtari, is he back? Bakhtiari? I believe yeah. David Bakhtiari is back. He is back. That's huge. I actually I like the Packers here. I think it's going to be a blowout. Um, I don't think that they're going to cover Debo very well because they've run a lot of zone. However, I just give so me Aaron Rodgers. is questionable, by the way. So okay. is Jair yeah. Alexander. And um, still, I, so. I I don't I don't see uh, the corners being able to keep up with Adam Adams. I really don't. I I think that they do enough in in Lambo. They win. Give me give me the Packers. I think it will be a blowout. All right, so you got the Packers. Um, do you think yeah. they real quick? Ten seconds. Do they cover or don't? Co you think they cover? Because you said they I think draw, they so cover. That, yeah, that's, that's I think cover. they cover. Okay. I think okay. they win oh. by at least uh, seven points at least. You're lucky you're not in the studio because Quan would have been giving you a look right now. But with that being said, we got about five more minutes, right? Real quick, real quick. Mm -hmm. Bills Chiefs. This is where we are going to see how much of a quote unquote elite quarterback Josh Allen truly is. For yeah. everyone that's been hitting me up on Twitter, that one individual that seems to not let me go for some reason every time Josh Allen wins a participation trophy. My guy, it's cute. It's nice. It's fun. <laughs> you probably get the girl and go to prom and have a great night. But at the end of the day, you haven't won anything. Josh Allen is the highest paid quarterback in the NFL above Patrick Mahomes, yet the guy hasn't even won anything. So until you stop winning participation trophies and you keep throwing that in my face and telling me the guy's elite, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. It's a completely different scenario, different season, different team. You're playing with fans in the stadium. You look like a different guy. I know you could still run the ball. Chris, uh, Chris wins chiming in. Allen is going to step up his game. He loves the Bills here. I don't. I think the Chiefs are going to come out like you said that the Niners are going to come out and get blown out by the Packers. I think the Bills are going to blow out. I mean, get blown out by the Kansas City Chiefs in this spot. I think one and a half is a gift. I like Kansas City. I think Kansas City comes out and shows everyone what the type of team, what true team the Buffalo Bills really are. You got to understand, they just beat a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones that had a, a season that was better than expected. You know what I mean? He did a lot more than people expected him to do and won a lot more games than people expected him to win. So let's be real. It's not like they came out and beat Tom Brady. It's not like they came yeah. out and beat a big-name quarterback, right? Yes, you beat a Bill Belichick defense. I get that. But I think Kansas City brings him down back to earth. And keep this in mind. First eight games of the season, Kansas City, the worst team in the league giving up points. Last, game, last eight games of the season, number one in that category. 
keep that in mind. They are going to shut down this team. Mark my words. I don't know about shutdown. I do like Kansas City here. Uh, I I think that Patrick Mahomes is jiving with his offense now. Um, it's taken a good portion of the season, but now I think that it's all meshing well together. I, I don't know who's really going to be covering Hill. I know that they have Micah Hyde. I know they have Poyer, and they're playing really well. However, I don't know if the two safeties are going to just be enough to contain Kelsey and Hill, as well as Hardman's been stepping up. So I definitely think that, that this is one that if the Bills were to win this game, I think they have to play almost a perfect game. And we know that Josh Allen rarely ever plays those. So uh, I like the Chiefs here as well. And I'm going to call it. I think Josh Allen will throw at least an inter- But I think Josh That's Allen fair. will throw a pick in this game. I think he definitely does. We've come to the end of the show, my guy. We got eight more minutes. We basically went through every game. We went through the Rams game, Rams, Bucks, just 10 seconds. We've already talked about it with Nick. Who do you like, though? Who wins? Do you like the Rams? Do you like the Bucks in that spot? We haven't given our pick on that game. I like the Rams. I like Rams. I like too. the Rams. All right. So now, final segment. Let's give our picks of the week. I won last week. Again, I'm pretty hot right now. What can I say? It's my birthday. Maybe I give out another good pick today. Well, I don't know. We'll see. But I'll let you go first, my guy. Who do you like? Uh, right here, I uh, my favorite is actually uh, the Rams. I, I do think that they are uh, going to beat Tampa Bay. I don't know what the line is right now. What is minus line? three? Right it? now we're looking minus at Tampa three. Bay minus three, so we're going to give you Rams plus three. I like that line. Uh, I'm taking the Rams. That's my pick. All right, so my pick of the week, I'm not taking any team. I'm not taking any side. So I'm going to switch it up for you guys this week. I'm going to throw a total for you guys out there. I like the over in the 49er Packer game. I know the defensive side of the ball with the 49ers is stout. It's deep. It's strong. It's tough to play against. But I think both teams will score. Like I said, I believe there will be a backdoor cover here, and the Niners still cover, but the Packers will win. Give me over 46 and a half. I think the game goes over. Chris Wynn, shout out to you, my man. Thank you for the birthday shout out on, on Facebook. Greatly appreciate that. So I got the over in the Niner Packer game, 46 and a half for the Saturday night slate. Ian has the Rams on Sunday taking the three points over the Bucks, even though he does feel that they're going to win outright. Ian, we come to the end of the show, my guy. I greatly appreciate you doing what you do with me every single week here. Episode 92 now, I believe. We're almost going to hit 100. Thank you, guys, and thank you to each and every one of you for the birthday shout-outs on the show, away from the show, on social media, the phone calls, the texts. I greatly appreciate you guys. Any final words for the people, Ian? Make sure you follow us, subscribe, interact with us on Twitter. Let us know what you want us to talk about each and every week. That helps. So uh, anything that you guys can do, retweet, uh, share, Please do it. Uh, it helps the show so much. And we appreciate everyone that uh, tunes in and watches with us. My guy, Ian Bradford, the Bradford. My final thought of the night here. I'm going to give a big shout out to the guys from the Wise Guys Diamond Club. I have to do it again. Ever since I, I, ever since I jumped in there, man, and started messing and dabbling with these guys and seeing what they do, it's just unbelievable. If you're a college basketball better or just a better in general, these guys know what they're doing, man. Big shout out to Rex. Big shout out to Spin Doctor. Big shout out to Sosa and Andy is Sports. All the guys over at the Wise Guys Diamond Club. If you haven't checked it out, check them out now. Go on Twitter. Check them out. Let them know Jose V and EMB of Straight Best Sports send you. 
Trust me, you will not be disappointed. I've been killing it on college basketball with these guys the last couple of days. I even gave out a pick of myself yesterday. If you guys were following, I did a little spaces on Twitter. I gave out Fresno State minus two and a half. They end up covering. They were down in game. I took them in game. They came back and won. So good stuff there again. The Wise Guys Diamond Club. If you haven't checked them out, go ahead and do so. But Ian, I appreciate you, my guy. We won't be back in the studio next week because I will still be on quarantine. So we'll still be doing it from home. But again, for Quan59, ENB, our guest this evening, Nick Hamilton from Nightcast Media, Joshua LaFon, our sponsor, Eric Navarro, our other sponsor. We greatly appreciate you guys and to everyone while watching, following, commenting, and sharing. Thank you guys. We will see you again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. We appreciate you. Till then, peace. And the new quarantine period is only five days, folks. I know, but I've actually been going through a lot more. <laughs>